back to the Running Wine Mom podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Selinski, aka the Running Wine Mom. Today, we have another wonderful guest, Jordan Mauger. We're exploring his incredible journey of parenthood, exploring the beautiful complexities of adoption and the joys of being an LGBTQ parent. But before we jump in, I want to introduce you to our guest, Jordan. He is a supporter of New Hope Celebrates, an organization that strives to create a vibrant and inclusive community for the LGBTQ individuals and their allies. But Jordan's story extends far beyond his involvement with the organization. Jordan and his husband embarked on a remarkable journey that led them to the immense joy of becoming parents. Through open adoption, they welcome not just one, but two children into their lives. Their son, born in September 2015, and their daughter, born in August 2017, share a special bond as not only adopted siblings, but also as half-siblings genetically. Throughout their journey, Jordan and his husband have maintained a close relationship with their children's birth mother, fostering a sense of connection and love. Jordan's story is a testament to the power of open adoption, the strength of family bonds, and the beauty that can be found in embracing diverse paths to parenthood. Today, we have the privilege of exploring Jordan's experience. We'll explore the joys, challenges, and lessons learned along the way. So grab a glass of your favorite vintage, find a cozy spot, and get ready to be inspired by Jordan's remarkable journey. Without further ado, let's raise a glass and give a warm welcome to Jordan. Welcome. Thank you very much for having me, Samantha. It's a pleasure. I'm so excited. And um, we were just talking about before we started how we realized, even though I didn't quite know who you were, we we did take a, an awesome yoga class together um, last summer, which yes. uh, hopefully we're I'll be able to get friends. To. Yes. <laughs> old friends, new friends, old friends that didn't know we were friends. Exactly. <laughs> um, all right. To start off each episode, we have our wine, wine and win of the week segment. This is where we share our favorite bottle of wine or drink, then about something that has been bothering us and celebrate our recent victories. So grab a glass, take a deep breath and let's get started. So let's start off. What is your wine? W-I-N-E of the week. So I'm always pretty much leaning into white wine, um, big on Pinot Grigio, and my old standby is uh, Santa Margarita. Mm, uh, that is. Especially in the summer, there's there's nothing much like that, like having it as like a pre-dinner cocktail, having it along with dinner. Um, it just, it it's refreshing and it, it hits all the notes I need it to hit for me, so. I agree. I love that. That is definitely a staple. Um, and what is your W-H-I-N-E of the week? So I would say probably, and thankfully it's gotten a lot better, but within the last seven days, uh, the surplus of, of precipitation has been, uh, not only is it not great for just environmental and your, your mood, but also just has posed some issues in my, in my life in terms of it uh, flooding and, and all the, all the things that come along with that. And we had the joy of a, a nice brown pool uh, for oh, a no. days. Uh, so, you know, but all things considered, blessed and highly favored life here. But yeah. that would be like, if, if anything, that would be the thing that I was saying last Saturday when we had the big the flash flood, um, we were at Peddler's Village and I was thinking about coming up River Road on the way home, but like had to stop in Newtown. So I was like, let me just go that way. And thankfully we didn't because it got rocked. I mean, it was so bad. That's it's scary. I don't know if that's ever happened like that badly, the flash flood. I know. And I mean, talk about perspective building with, mm -hmm. with everything that happened with the, the lives lost and whatnot. And because you hear those stories happening in other places in the country, even or in other countries entirely. Uh, but this is, you know, great, right here in Bucks County. And that was it's just heartbreaking, the whole story. Um, so my heart goes out to that family, everyone who lost somebody. 
and mm-hmm. all the uh, police and all the services that are out there like still on the search for for those who are missing so it's it's yeah. it's really heartbreaking as a parent you just you can't help but like put yourself in that scenario and be like oh my gosh i would be yeah that you know destroyed so it's and yeah because i was with both of my kids my husband is a police officer and um he was working but he's not in that area they didn't even get any rain and um you know i just said to him like what do i do if i'm in that situation with the kids i I don't know what the answer is and he's like there's just not really anything you can do you just have to not you know you just have to hope and pray i guess i don't know he didn't have an answer which is kind of even scarier i guess it's exactly yeah it's it's nature is a beautiful thing but it also can be yeah. a scary thing and like water is not something we think about as being or right. rain being overly dangerous but it can really develop into something that that could be so it's it's always good Never drive into standing water. It's like, the yes. Problem. Yeah. Yeah. He did say that. He said uh, that was definitely something important. So, um, all right. So let's switch to a positive. Yeah. What is your win of the week? My win of the week. So that it's somewhat related to the, the other wine of the week in that uh, we hosted a pool party this past weekend. That the forecast did not look promising. It rained all day on Saturday. It was mm-hmm. a nighttime pool party. And we were like, mm. just fingers crossed, you know, what, what's going to happen? Because, I mean, it's kind of puts a damper on a pool party when it's pouring rain. Uh, and it <laughs> yeah. just so happened that right when the rain, the party, right as it was scheduled to begin, the rain stopped. And so That's- a bit, it was a bit of a, a mudslide, a, a little bit like uh, a slip and slide in the backyard, so to speak. But uh, the, the skies were clear. You know, everyone was able to get there safely, have a great time. And, you know, I'm sure you've hosted things before. It's such a time and financial investment ahead of time. So Mm -hmm. when it's so dependent on weather, it is very anxiety inducing. So we got through it. It all worked out. uh, And, you know, now we can take a break from parties for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I was just uh, actually also talking about that because we had our son's first birthday at Shady Brook Farm okay. and it was so weather dependent that that was like, you know, we're like, what if it rains? Like, mm-hmm. we're just going to have to have a hundred plus people come to our house, which we're not really like, banking on. That's a but... birthday party. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, our family is huge alone, but then we are lucky to have so many friends um, and they have tons of kids. But um, yeah, that was, and it was like so hot in the middle as we were singing happy birthday to my son, um, it starts like, drizzling down and I'm like, oh gosh, he's just like loving life, like trying to get the cake as the rain's falling. A huge mid party thunderstorm, like torrential downpour. Um, but then it ended up completely clearing up within like 30 minutes or so. And some people had to leave because they were soaked, but uh, we stayed till the end, which was nice. That's perfect. I mean, talk about a memory. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, we won't ever forget his birthday party. I'm like, yeah. Right. But I understand this. I mean, we were, I was looking like 10 plus days in advance. I'm like, is it going to rain? Uh-huh. Is it going to rain? That's so stressful. You can drive yourself insane look at mm-hmm. in that time span leading up to it because it is the weather it literally is well known to change on a whim but like you yeah. can look at that percentage and you'll see it go up one day and down one day and down it's, yeah it's like a whole emotional roller coaster 
we always in our family uh my parents are catholic and they always put the blessed mother out they're like we put the blessed mother out for you i'm like okay that's definitely gonna make it not rain but yes, exactly. listen you know every little yeah. bit helps yeah um all right so what is one struggle and one thing you are most proud of in one thing one struggle you've overcome leading to where you are and one thing that you're most proud of in your life so it's, it's an interesting question because when it comes to struggle, I feel like it's really easy to focus in on like those little menial things that mm -hmm. ultimately in the grand scheme of, of, the, of life and the world are not that big of a deal. And I mm -hmm. will say that I have been incredibly blessed in my entire life uh, in terms of my upbringing, in terms of the support I've received from family and friends, um, my parents were wonderful, wonderful people, continue to be wonderful people who supported me from the day I was born and never questioned anything that I was. And from that perspective, like I'm, I, I can't thank them enough for kind of setting me up with a foundation to succeed because the thing that I've learned both on reflection with my childhood and also just what, what I'm doing as a parent myself is that so much of your future success lies in how good about yourself you feel when you're a child and how much you feel like that person that you are is great and has a purpose and is accepted and loved and supported. And so I say that to say that struggles come and go, but if you have that strong foundation, which I was blessed to have, uh, I it really set me up for having that perspective moving forward uh, and then that continued through, you know, life with like great friends and family and this family that, you know, I've built myself. Uh, so struggles, yes, they come and go. That's the scheduling with the kids and, and balancing any kind of social life of your own and work demands and all of those things. And, oh, so the, uh, the kid picked, the kids picked up a bug this week, right? When we were supposed to go do this activity, the, those things, it's part of life. Um, but if you can just hold on to that, that self purpose, I feel like that really sets you up for, for good things and, uh, and perspective. So. Yeah, I agree. Having a strong foundation of parents who are supportive of stuff and, you know, confidence is so important because you see as an adult, there's so much stuff in your life. I feel like that you are not confident about maybe because, and you can really like track it down to your younger self, your, your inner child, as they say, of um, where it comes. And if you have that support, it's, it makes it so much better because you know, you're probably not struggling as much in the sense of like, you know, the people who are raising you are still proud and supportive of everything that you are and do. So Absolutely. that's awesome. Yes. It's great. We're, we're um, very so, lucky. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Um, so the running Y mom, we got to start with a little fitness. So besides yoga on the Delaware river, how do you stay active? Yes. Yeah, so I really, really enjoy activity, like physical activity. And that is, mm -hmm. I, that's kind of like my time for myself and mm -hmm. my other, what is very busy life. Um, you know, with a job you belong to, you know, the work, the clients, whatever it may be, you know, as a parent, your kids and a marriage to your spouse, you know, and I'm very happy to be everything I can be to all those people, but it is nice to have that thing for yourself. And for me, it is fitness. Um, I 
go to two different gyms in Newtown. Um, I go to F45, which is Functional 45. They're mm -hmm. uh, 45 minute classes, uh, doing different kinds of mixture of cardio strength, um, hit training, all of that. And so I go there and then I also go to Orange Theory. Uh, so similar kind of uh, instructor led class. Uh, but what I like about both of those scenarios is that I do well getting that instruction because it kind of ensures that I'm making the most out of the time that I have because it is a limited time. Like I don't have mm -hmm. all the time in the world to to work or work at my fitness and whatnot. So I like to get that in in the morning and really it sets me up for the day. It gets everything, you know, all the endorphins flowing and really wakes me up. That's my I'm not a coffee drinker. That's my coffee in the oh morning. Gosh. <laughs> it, it gets me going and gets, you know, everything flowing so that I can do all the things I need to do throughout the day and be everything I need to be for everybody mm -hmm. else. Yeah, that's so it's so important as parents to set aside time for our fitness. And it does make us, you know, like I say, there's 24 hours in the day. If you can set apart one hour for yourself and be everybody else's whatever you need for the rest of the day, that's just like that one hour makes the rest of the 23 hours a little bit more um, doable, exactly. I guess. Exactly, <laughs> 100%. Yeah, and it, it, I mean, beyond just the physical benefits, there is a huge, I think in, in some cases, more of a mental and emotional benefit too of just doing that, knowing that. And at least with a class schedule, it's like scheduled into my life where I'm like, okay, well, yeah. I need the hour to myself and here it is. I'm picking this class and now I have that time. We were just away. We were down the shore for a few days. So obviously like, you know, we did like a couple walks by the beach, but I'm like, all right, but the kids are napping now. And even we go to the, the NAC mm -hmm. and um, they have kids club and Willow loves it so much. She's like, can we go to, to kids club later? I'm like, yes, we can. And then I'll get my regular workout right, right back. Into yes. It, mm -hmm. um, which is nice. So what struggles do you find with such a busy life um, staying in that routine? I think it, the main thing is time. It's just making sure mm -hmm. because it's one thing to say, I'm going to go at this time every, every day in the morning, but inevitably there is something that comes up here and there. And so then it's, okay, how do I reschedule this? How do I fit this in somewhere else? Can I sneak out at lunch to get it in quick? Do I go after work? But then there's this other thing that I usually have to do. So it's really just the um, gymnastics of scheduling that there are sometimes... <laughs> Uh, it really presents the biggest struggle, but, you know, as with anything, consistency is really the most important thing. And so anywhere you can keep to a schedule and have that structure, I think that's really beneficial to ensure that you're, you're getting that time for yourself. But yeah, just mm -hmm. the, as with everybody, like life is, life is the struggle. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is. I agree. I like that. The gymnastics of figuring it out. Oh, that's so true. It, that's what it is. You're like, eh, maybe I can do that bounce back yep. there. Um, and is there anything you wish you learned earlier in life about your fitness or nutritional health? Uh, I think that I later in, in my life tapped into the competitive side of myself when it comes to fitness. And I say that did not mean that I'm like, I'm out running races against people and whatnot. It's more so in a class like the ones I go to, there are other people there and I'm not necessarily actively looking at what everyone else is doing, but you know, when there's like, for example, at orange theory, they have a screen up there with everyone, 
the calories mm-hmm. they've burned and, and whatnot, uh, it does help motivate you a little bit. And sometimes that com- competition can just be with yourself too. Like I can be mm-hmm. on the treadmill and be like, okay, I'm at this speed. Can I go up for the next minute? And like, and then there's that part of you. It's like, uh, I don't know. It's, you know, it's, it's been a long workout yeah. already. And then the other part of you is like, you have to at least try and then you do it and you're able to do it. And I think that's something that I didn't necessarily have when I was younger. I was more like I would exercise, but it was more lackadaisical about it. Uh, mm-hmm. where it's just like, you just do it. And once you do it and you did it for the time you said you do it and you're done. Uh, I find that it really helps me push myself both, you know, being in an environment with other people exercising as well as just that whole mental battle with yourself and, and getting yourself to really go to your furthest limit. Yeah. The like extrinsic motivation is something like when I'm, you know, even when I'm on the treadmill at the gym, I'm like kind of peeking uh-huh. over like, all right, what's that person yep. doing? Okay. They're going faster than me. Let me like rev it up a in little that, bit yeah. or something like that. 100 um, and so you briefly said, you know, mental health and physical fitness is so important. Do you have any like specific um, thoughts about how their relationship is in like your life or in general? Yeah, I think that it's so funny. Like the timing of this is perfect. Yesterday, I did not go to the gym in the morning and I was just in a funk all day. I, I and I was like, what what's going on here? Like, I couldn't understand like my synapses in my brain weren't firing the way that they normally were everything just seemed harder and i do feel like there that's a huge thing again in my life that i need to have uh not only for my physical health but my mental health um and really the the implications on my bodily function and my my brain function and all of that it's it's so intrinsically connected that I, I'm happy to know that about myself. And like yesterday was just a reminder of that, uh, that, you know, the balance of both your physical and mental health uh, is so important and really will Mm -hmm. help you be a better version of yourself. Uh, if you can have that balance. And even just like a little bit of movement is so much better than just nothing. And as I always say, if you can fit in five minutes or you can fit in five mm-hmm. hours. I mean, I don't know how it's time for that, but just like getting that little bit of movement is so important for you. Absolutely. 100% couldn't agree more. I wish I had just taken that five minutes, but of course, and then the perfect yeah. storm, we go down, like, oh, I have a little window of time now. And I went down to use the treadmill and then I couldn't get the treadmill to work. And I'm like, oh, oh that always happens, <laughs> yeah. right? You're like, I have this uh, short amount of time and everything like around it isn't exactly. working. Oh, um, all right. So let's get into sure. parenthood. Um, what is the thing that you were least prepared for in parenthood? I think you, it's one of those things, especially at the beginning of parenthood that you just never know until you're in it, the, uh, logistics of, of sleeping and your own self-care and balancing that with a newborn that is in need of constant care and prioritization and of course that's the way it needs to be like it it needs Mm -hmm. to be priority one to take care of that child because they are completely and totally helpless on their own and so i think that was something that you just can't prepare for like people will tell you you know that Mm -hmm. it's going to be difficult but it's also one of those things where i can i reflect back on it and it's almost like I'm an I'm an amnesiac with it 
in that like, I, <laughs> yeah. I know I did it. I know I got through it, but I don't mm-hmm. remember what it's like. You just thankfully focus on those positive things. Um, all the yeah. things that were so beautiful and wonderful about that time in, in their lives. But yeah, I think it's like a part of nature where they're like, we're just going to make you not remember this. So you have more. <laughs> and then there's those little blips of memory and you're like, I remember being the first night in the hospital and the black yeah. lava flowing out of the children. And I was like, what? Is that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we were not prepared yes. for that. We're like, what? Uh, so it's like positive, positive, positive. But remember that horrible, horrible thing? <laughs> Yeah, I know. That's so funny. I actually also forgot about that until you just said it. (laughs) Very. Um, So why don't you just tell us a little bit about your parenthood experience? Like, tell us about your kids, your husband, what your guys' thoughts on adoption. Kind of just give us the big summary, and then we'll go into more specifics. So we always knew, it's funny, we talked about on our first date that we both wanted to be parents. So that was Mm -hmm. never a question. We always wanted you know, to have that as part of our journey. And, you know, we talked about the different options that were out there, you know, whether we did surrogacy or adoption, fostering, all of that. We found this agency in Vermont and they specialized in placing children with like an expectant mother who decides ahead of time that she, she knows she cannot parent and matching with adoptive parents so that they can have the, you know, basically the child's with you from the day they're born in many cases. Mm -hmm. And so we really like this agency for a number of reasons. Uh, But, you know, one of them being that they did have a a mixture of clientele in terms of same-sex couples as well as, you know, heterosexual couples. And so from that perspective, you you always want to be in a situation where there's openness and acceptance to them. And mm-hmm. so that was, we we're very happy to have found that place. And uh, that kind of led us on a journey that lasted about like from inception of signing the paper saying, we're going to work with this agency to actual placement uh, or even just matching. It was about a year and a half, two years. And in that time, we did things like creating a profile, basically your marketing materials for like what is going to go mm-hmm. out to the expectant mothers for them to see and and potentially choose you. So that was a a journey in itself. There's a couple times where we like had a match, but then it didn't necessarily pan out. Like either the, the mother changed her mind, decided not to do adoption, uh, whatever, you know, a couple different scenarios that came and went, uh, but then had this scenario with who would the woman who would, would be the mother of our kids. uh, And she was exposed to the agency uh, through like a mutual friend who was also a lawyer who had done some adoption work for for this agency, and they sent the agency sent her a couple of profiles like the like little printed materials. Uh, we were not mm-hmm. one of them that they sent. However, her mother went on to the website where they list all the parents and said, "Well, check out." these guys. And so she was, she really liked everything she read. And so uh, we met them. And when I say them, it was their, the birth mother and her parents uh, for lunch one day. It was, I think um, June of 2015. 
So she was already pregnant with what would be our son. And so they always, the agency has you set up that initial meeting so you can like get to know and see if it's a good fit. And I remember when we left, her mom came to us and said, you know, remember this moment because this is the moment oh. that, you know, you guys officially are going to become parents because they were all, Ooh. she was all in, they were all in and they, funny enough, adopted her and her brother. So her parents, yes, oh, wow. went through this whole experience as well. And so it gave them a lot of really good insight as to what we were feeling from an emotional perspective. Mm -hmm. Oh, I have the chills. That's so like, uh, such a cool yes, 100%. experience. We were very, very lucky on so many counts and, um, and all the pieces really fell into place with, with our adoption journey. And so for the next couple months, we, you know, we would go spend, like she was in upstate New York. We would come up and visit with her. We would, you know, do, do activities together just to get to know her. Uh, but we, one thing obviously, uh, was that we wanted to know her really well because we wanted to have an open adoption. And that was something that they talked to us about at the agency, you know, that you know, there's mm -hmm. option for open or closed. Uh, and what we had said is that we wanted to do an open adoption because our children would have two fathers and we wanted them to know mm -hmm. their mother because if ever there was yeah. a question at school from another kid, you know, why, where's your mom? Why don't you have a mom? They would always be able to say, we do have a mom. She just doesn't live with us. And we just felt like that would be a really healthy, positive thing for them throughout their lives, especially sure. with, you know, the way kids not I don't want to say the kids are intrinsically like vicious or mean but they're curious you know they see something that's different they're gonna right. have questions and you don't want your child to not be kind of prepared mm -hmm. for that conversation whatever it may mm -hmm. be and so that was a big reason why we really wanted to do an open adoption now funny enough on the other side their birth mom chose us because she wanted to be the only mom and so that was one of the main reasons uh, she was wanted to, uh, you know, work with the same sex. Yeah. So wow. that all worked out really well. And then uh, come September, we got the call. She was in labor. And so uh, we drove up to Albany, which is where she delivered. Uh, and they were very gracious there at the hospital. They had extra room in the maternity ward. So the birth mom was in the next room. We were, they had a room that we could stay. And so our son was there with us that first day, that first night. So we wow. had the whole experience from the, the, the black lava and all that. From the get-go. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, he's been with us since day one. And then with the way that the adoption works, there's, you know, a period of time where she had 30 days to change her mind, which is, you know, as as the adoptive parents, you're like, oh my gosh, this is like going to be the longest 30 days. Yeah. And for uh, sure, she said, you know, you don't have to worry. She said, I'm not, you know, this, I'm very happy with my decision. Um, and it all, and then it all was fine, but it is, you know, it's her, it was fully legally, emotionally her prerogative to change her mind. Um, but it all right. worked out. And then the adoption itself was legally finalized. That takes a little bit of time by December. So we went, you know, up mm -hmm. to back to New York to do all of that and like get a courthouse and whatnot, have our picture with the judge, all of the fun uh, yeah. stuff. 
so that's that's how we got our son and um and so that led us to you know open adoption we're seeing her uh, you know whether it's via facetime because there was a distance um at that point we were living in new jersey but she was in upstate new york so it's still a couple hours but we use facetime to stay in touch with her and her parents who have been wonderful throughout this whole journey and have a wonderful relationship with our kids and with us. Um, and so stayed in touch with her, uh, saw her a couple times. Actually, we were down in Orlando that following uh, year and she was living in Florida at that time. And so we met up with her and, you know, we we're just having like these opportunities and finding them to all be together. And then that at the beginning of that next year, she reached out and she said, you know, would you ever want to adopt another child from me? Because we had talked to her about, we were very honest with her. We're like, yeah, we, we absolutely want to do adoption. You know, we want to have more kids. We would be open to adoption or surrogacy. We like, and so she's like, I know you were considering surrogacy, but would you ever want to adopt, you know, from me again? We said, absolutely. Of course of all the things you know all the wonderful journey that we had thus right. far the relationship we had with her with her parents and she said because i'm pregnant and we said that's <laughs> you know that's wonderful and so because we already had that standing relationship we actually did that adoption privately so we worked with the same lawyer that we worked with for our son but we just didn't need to go through the agency because uh you know kind of the the uh purpose that they serve, we didn't necessarily need them this time around. And so right. we worked with, with the lawyers and whatnot and, uh, same kind of deal or got the call in August, um, and went up there and same thing. They were able to have a room for us. We had our daughter there with us that first night, had that whole journey and kind of find the same thing finalized a couple months later. And so, yes, they are. Uh, biologically half siblings have the same mother. They have different birth fathers, mm -hmm. but you know, ultimately they have a, a loving, wonderful family on all and you know, from my family to my husband's and also with their birth mom, which is, we say that, you know, the more grandparents, the better, you know, the more, the more love, the better. For sure. <laughs> so, and we yeah. have continued to have that great relationship wow. with her and her parents. Uh, and they were just here actually the end of June, they were, they came and stayed over. Um, and so, you know, the kids got to have some quality time with them and, um, you know, so it's, it's just, we're very blessed to have this wonderful scenario that, that has kind of, you know, come to us, not by any means of us earning yeah. it because we just have been very lucky and blessed. Wow. It is like yes. total modern family of just like the blended everything. Um, so now when you do open adoption, you know, obviously the mother consents to that, like how, what, what about the father? Is he just like kind of signs his yes. rights so away? Yes. So it's, it's a unique situation, I guess, in that it, it really depends. Um, in both mm -hmm. cases, uh, the birth fathers were, you know, she notified them and they were not interested in parenting this child. And so, mm -hmm. you know, from a legal perspective, they've been notified and they are basically absolve themselves of any kind of parental rights. Um, so that that was a mm -hmm. non-issue in both cases because of that situation. You know, there are times where it is a little more complex where, you know, if, if the father okay. is involved, it, it could be like a situation if she 
like they would visit with them, like, especially if they were a couple, like that would, you know, potentially right. be something where they would visit with, with both her and the birth father. Uh, but mm-hmm. she was young in both cases. And like, that was not the situation. So um, that, that hasn't come into play at all. Yeah. Now we know who their birth fathers are just by name. Like, so like if, and when, you know, it comes a time where they would want to know, we can like, we we're all, we're very forward with, with them in terms of transparency. You know, we talk about, they, it, there's no surprise. They know they're adoptive. We've talked about this at a very early you know, right. age. Um, and so it's good to not only have them know that, but also, you know, when the time comes, let them know like that if they are interested in, in learning more about the other half of their genetic makeup, that, that, that opportunity exists, you know, we, you have no way of knowing how the birth fathers would be, how open they'd be to that. But, uh, you know, at least that we have the information, it's not something they need to go search for, you know, that's so great that you guys are so forward with that just to make it, you know, just a part of their life and the reality of Mm -hmm. one day they might ask. And, you know, that would be something that they would feel comfortable coming to you with. So I know like for us, we have two kids and their age gap is kind of like what we wanted, but like, how about you guys, like you guys, were you ready for a second kid or you kind of just were like, how did it's so interest, such an interesting thing where you're just like, right. Okay, cool. It's, well, I think it was one of those things ready. where we're like, how do you say no to this, this perfect scenario of right. having two kids who are siblings right. and you know, we didn't, ne- we never really necessarily talked about like how long in between, but we just always knew we wanted more. And so I think by in- inherently mm-hmm. by not defining what our expectations were, we were open to whatever happened when it happened. And so we have a right. perfect gap that I, you know, that it's almost mm-hmm. a full two years. Uh, and mm-hmm. so they, they have, I think enough space between them that they're not like, at each other's, you know, heel, or, but, but at each other's mm-hmm. throats or whatever, in terms of like, if you're really close in age. Um, but it is nice that they are close. They're going to go through school a year apart, just with the way that like the cutoff happened because yep. he's September and she's August. Mm-hmm. He is uh, old for his grade and she, she's young for hers, old. but they'll yeah. go through school. They just finished uh, first grade, our son in kindergarten, our daughter. So they'll continue through. Which just means that we'll have them in college for the college at the same time. Those are things that don't work. Yeah, that's like our the way that our kids our kids are eighteen months apart, but Willow is November and Parker is June, so they're they'll be one grade apart because of the way that their birthdays are too. So that's what we talk about too. We're like. Okay, this uh-huh. is gonna be a yep. lot, but it'll it'll if work. Nothing out, else. Right? I'm a writer by <laughs> trade, so I can help them with their college essays. So there you go. Oh, there you go. Yes, and they'll have you know like yeah. really unique stories that they can share, and um, really awesome experience of like world views of just being brought up in such an awesome environment. Um, so with the open adoption, do you have like specific times? that you want to like make an effort to see the, you see, do you see the grandparents most or do you you see the mom a lot or pretty, usually it ends up working out that it all happens at the same time. Now, like uh, this past, Mm -hmm. uh, I guess it was uh, June. Yeah, it was June. So earlier in the month we had to travel uh, 
up into the New England area for a family wedding. And so on the way home, we stopped and saw mm -hmm. uh, the, their uh, birth mom's parents, uh, their grandparents on the way home. And so that was just them. And that just happened to be something that worked out. But usually it's all just mm -hmm. seeing everyone together. And we also have them, like we had them here uh, in June. Uh, you, we invite mm -hmm. them to their birthday parties. Um, so usually it ends up being, you know, two to three times a year that like we'll actually be in the same physical place. But then our daughter mm -hmm. FaceTimes with her mom's mom <laughs> almost every day. She's big into FaceTiming Aww. and like she'll come home from yeah. school or camp or whatever and she'll call her and she'll say, can you play? And so then they'll like, Aww. she sets up the, the tablet and has her toys out and they like, and they play like babies or school or whatever it may be. And, uh, oh and gosh. so they, Grace has, yeah. So in terms of contact, Grace is in regular contact with that grandmother for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we, it's not anything set uh, in terms of what, right. like, you know, we, there's no, no have to, which I think is nice because you want it to feel like you want the, or the relationship to feel organic. And like, we haven't had any issues yeah. with it whatsoever in terms of there's, there's no, never a time where it's not okay for us all to be together because that's yeah. how great the whole scenario is for us. That's amazing. Wow. I'm just like blown away by how, um, like, Mm -hmm. Plus that everyone is in that with the family dynamics, because, you know, some people don't even have like right. one set of grandparents and your kids have three, which is just, um, they're, they're very, grandparents really are. We say we would not survive parenthood without yeah. both of our parents, uh, you know, both sets of grandparents, like it 100%. just makes life so much better. And yeah, so yeah, if we had exactly. another set, you know, additional support, you can never turn that. <laughs> I know I mentioned it before, but we've been very honest with them about, uh, the adoption stuff. And that's everyone's decision on how they want to handle that. Uh, for us, you know, we wanted to mm -hmm. be upfront about it, especially since it would, wouldn't take them long to figure out that something was a little bit different than the rest of their friends. Uh, yeah. but we always say the reason you're with us is because your mom loved you so much, but knew she couldn't take care of you the way that she would want to. And we wanted you to be a part of our lives so bad. We were, you know, you were already our family, even before you were born. Right. That, you know, yeah, your mom is there. She loves you. And, but then just to avoid any kind of confusion, we do talk about like, but ultimately we, we are your parents, you know, you, you grew in mom's right. belly and you know, she loves you very much, but we, you know, you want to be, because you have to be careful about like that delineation too. And right. it's, it's very much like a, a unique lexicon that you need to really navigate in a, in a careful way. Right. Yeah. That was going to be one of my, that was what I was going to kind of ask X, like, yeah, what if, how you go about that of like, right. She's here, but exactly. We're yeah. So that, here, you, know, you know, she'll always be your mom, but we will always be your parents. And so we're, you know, we mm -hmm. took care of you when you were a baby. We raised you. We, you know, make sure you're safe and happy and healthy. That's our jobs as your parents. And, you know, to love you unconditionally. And, and we will always be that and always do that for you. 
it doesn't matter where you came from because you're where you belong Mm -hmm. with us. Oh, that's so awesome. I love that. Um, And so to kind of go into the next, you know, you're, you are adoption, same sex parenting. Well, I guess, first of all, do your kids both call you dad? They're the same. (laughs) How do you answer that? Yeah. So it's interesting. Like since they were little, uh, they call, they called me Dada and called my husband daddy. And then now he like, like they also call him dad sometimes. So he's dad, daddy, and I'm dada. But then Mm -hmm. we're, we're trying to figure out at what point is it weird for like a 15 year old boy to call his father dada. Uh, So, so uh, so at what point do we we (laughs) need to like revisit the the naming convention for, for the two of us? So what we talked about is probably I'll become dad and he'll be daddy or no, but the thing is kids are smart. Kids know what, what, you know, they kind of will do what, they want to do and they'll figure out and they might just start calling us both dad and and we'll be you know we as much as like we can guide like however we we kind of want things to go i'm also of the the mind of just let them kind of do it too you know let them figure out what works for them and um you know they can call me yeah call me whatever you want but i had to be careful with that because my daughter will start calling me like poo poo monkey or something (laughs) Yeah, that's, uh, it's like, I mean, not the same as obviously grandparents, but you know, grandparents have like this, you know, they want to be called this, my, my father in law wanted to be called pup up. And my mother in law is granny. And I, I don't know if it's because the why at the end, but my daughter just all of a sudden started calling him poppy, like nobody told her to say that. And so now he's poppy. So it's like, maybe there's a name exactly. that you don't know. Right, exactly. Just hopefully not poopoo monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so how has your experience in a same-sex uh, marriage uh, as a parent, like, shaped your perspective on family well, I and think, parenthood? you know, bringing the, the best of my childhood to it uh, has been a, a big thing for me as a parent is, like, I had that blessing of a great childhood, and I really wanted to share that with uh, my children. And so that's always been a reason, part of the reason why I really wanted to be a parent. I think you know, the sexual orientation part of it, it's not, it doesn't really come into play in any way. And that I would say that our, our family is very different from a family that has a, a mom and a dad in that it's really about that mm-hmm. partnership with your spouse and working together to mm-hmm. create the childhood that you both want your child to have. And so I, you know, right. in terms of navigating any kind of, other social aspects. We are lucky to live where we live in a town like New Hope, where it's, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. you're not going to see the kind of, uh, there, there's a lot of acceptance. You're not going to see the the judgment as much there. Uh, and, you know, it is a reality that there are places where that would not be the case. And there will be probably scenarios our children will face uh, in the future where that is, they might get some questions and some people might not have nice things to say. And so that's why, again, from the very beginning of our our conversation here, like the foundational stuff, giving them all the tools that they need to navigate those situations, because, you know, we don't want them to be Mm -hmm. ill-prepared for the realities of the world. And we don't want to pretend that 
there aren't going to be people who have questions about their family structure, but also really wanting them to know that it doesn't ultimately matter what other people think because they are loved and supported and have this great home base that, that it doesn't matter what gender their parents are, that they have two parents that, that love and support and will do anything for them. Yeah, which they're, I mean, that's just a massive step ahead of so many in general, whether it's, you know, same sex or not same sex marriage, like having two supportive parents to guide you is just I, like, I really don't know how single parents do it. What after having kids, I'm like, I have, I don't know what, how do you even like, figure out that and, and give enough time to your kids and um, like, a lot of times with my husband's work schedule, I am like flying solo, which is fine. I'm used to that. But like, obviously, he is an amazing father to them and always there. And, you know, as soon as he's off the clock, he's like involved. But I'm like, if I had to do this by myself all the time, like, geez, forget about that hour workout. (laughs) Yeah, that would not be happening. But yeah, so that that's I mean, yeah, they're so lucky um, to have that. And as like, New Hope I is just you're so lucky to be in that. But also, you know, not to say that it is a bubble, but like it is a little bit of of a unique um, area where it's just the best um, inclusivity and everything. And so when they step out of that, like, you know, what what do they experience, which is important for you to have that, which is amazing to be so forward thinking as well. Have they recognized having two dads is different? I mean, they almost wear it like a badge of pride like something that's unique to them like they are very like open about it talking about it like just this week i picked my daughter up at camp and she was talking about you know how you know yeah i get to have two dads and so it's it's nothing that they are ashamed of which i'm very glad um but i think that it has a lot to do with the fact that we have you know been very open about it and never pretended to be anything that we aren't mm-hmm. uh, with them. And so they don't pretend to be anything they're not with other kids. And like, they'll yeah. like my yeah. son was doing these uh, like kind of, it was almost like kids CrossFit classes or whatever. And part of it, is like, uh, they, they get up and Ooh, do these like affirmations cool. and they get up and talk about things that they're thankful for. And he got up on that platform and he just, you know, proudly said, I, I'm thankful for my two dads and it's just, you know, so from that perspective, I'm glad that they have uh, that feeling of, of pride and knowing that like they're different, you know, their family might be a little different from everyone else's, but it's nothing that they need to hide. You know, it's just, it's, it's just who they they are and who their family is, you know? Um, Did you, look into any resources or support in the area to think about, you know, you, like you guys are so forward thinking, was there any input from outside resources to help you guys like navigate that part of it? Or you're just kind of doing it, you know, on, I mean, I know there's like so many books and stuff you can read, but nothing really prepares you for any, anything. (laughs) Nothing, nothing specific. I would say in terms of literature, just, you know, going back to found you know foundation of love and support and like i think that has really just guided mm-hmm. a lot of our parenting decisions and also you know your number one like as we talked about your number one best resource is the grandparents and 
going to going to them and and talking yeah. about like getting you know sounding boards basically about here's this is what i'm saying how's this does this feel like it's the right thing to say and and you know they they've been great with with that my mom's like uh my free therapy you know that's what moms are for sometimes i i feel the same about mine it's like yeah you're like i don't know what <laughs> what to uh do how did you do this what you know um which mm -hmm is the way of the world, I guess. That's how we learned yep. before the internet or, you know, books. We just had to find out from right. our families how they And there's they so did many it, things you know, that like, you, you can read so much literature on how to, you know, set your child up for success and all of these things. But, you know, you, it, when it comes down to it, like you said, before there was internet, before there was books about it, like, people survived, kids grew to adults and flourished. And so, you know, your kids, especially like, for example, when people worry about, oh, my kids only eat mac and cheese and saltine crackers. And it's like, understandable that you want them to like grow their, their palate. But, you know, you don't know a lot of like 55 year old men in a business dinner who are ordering the mac and cheese and saltines off the menu. You know, I mean, it, it all works out eventually. Yeah, you're there. right. <laughs> yeah, that is, it's like the sleep and the eating is such a uh, stressor for parents. And um, I feel as though I'm kind of the same. I'm like, mm -hmm. if they're hungry, they're going to eat. Like, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm, although we do try, like, we took um, our son to Gurus in um, Newtown on Sundays. Uh -huh. My daughter was staying at my, my parents' house for a sleepover. And I'm like, let's just like see yeah. if he likes any, you know, we got everything mild and he ate, ate the whole thing up. But then like uh -huh. other days he won't eat anything, you know, he won't eat anything at his table. And I'm like, whatever. I don't know. We have the goldfish <laughs> here or you can have the Indian food. Let's right, just exactly, like, pick our exactly. battles. And, one it, day and the they will be fine. You know, they will not starve. <laughs> and eventually they'll sleep too, you know? <laughs> right. Exactly. They'll just conk they out in to, the middle right? of like their, their painting or Play-Doh or whatever it is. So what's like one piece of advice that you would give parents who are considering maybe adoption? I would say obviously in their you know, future, educate yourself, like read up about it. If you can, you know, there are resources online, like in terms of uh, organizations, but also, you know, just certain like Facebook groups, message boards, or whatever you can like connect with other people, because I think so much of it is just you, you want to just talk to another human being about their experience, because that gives you sometimes right. a lot more meaningful information than if you just read something that was written on a website mm -hmm. and a couple like i'd say more than three or four times people have reached out to us to ask the questions like that were connected to us by another friend who was talking to their friend and they said oh well, i know somebody who's gone through this process and so we're always happy to be that person uh to other people who are considering the adoption process, whether they are a same sex couple right. or, uh, you know, a heterosexual couple. So it's not, I think the experience of adoption is universal in terms of like, it, it, it's a unique journey for everybody, but some of the logistical things are pretty universal. Right. Um, so I would say just find the people that can, you know, whether it's strangers online that you can connect with through the internet or, someone through a connection, uh, because that's going to give you, I think, the the best kind of insight on what to expect and like what is right for you. And maybe you'll determine, you know, 
maybe adoption is not right for me. Maybe I want to do surrogacy. Maybe I want to do fostering. You know, there's, there's so many ways to become mm-hmm. a parent. Uh, but if you want that for your life and, and, you know, that's something that you know, you're meant to be like it, it you can make it happen for yourself, but you know, just, just get informed however you see fit. Yeah. I was thinking about that today because uh, about you know, if that's what you want, you'll be able to like figure it out for parenthood. And there's so many people I feel like that are on the fence about it or like, I don't know how I would be able to become a parent or any of that. And I'm like, it's so much better than you can kind of, of course it's harder than you can imagine, but it's also, um, we were in the car today coming home um, from like our breakfast and uh, Do Re Mi from The Sound of Music comes on and my daughter's like singing it in the back. And all of a sudden I started getting like teary eyed and I'm like, this is something that like, I liked when I was little and now like my two-year-old is just singing in the back and I felt like it just brought on such like a, I don't know, there's so many, there, the little oh people gosh, are yeah, so absolutely. fun <laughs> and, right. and, and pure. And just like, like look to you thing. as like no basically a celebrity and like are just in awe of, of all you are as a yes. parent. And, um, and so that's, it's a lot of power and a lot of responsibility to like make sure you're doing the right thing with, yeah. with that influence that you have, you know? The right thing. <laughs> but I think Joe Remy is a great place to start. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. She, she's, it's so cute because she's just started like singing the songs that she's been listening to on repeat over and over again, um, like within the last couple of weeks. And her little like tiny voice, I'm like, I know. She's like the best thing. Like, who would have thought that this is like yeah, one of the best things? You're, to hear you're your driving, so you can't do know. it. But like, like all funny. you want to do is like pull over and like film it. yeah video it i know (laughs) i did uh this morning uh she was singing to the coco soundtrack and i'm like oh my god Uh, get my phone out like you're just like singing well you know um but that's fun um so what's one piece of advice in general uh, that you would give other parents stay connected to your you know partner your spouse whoever your co-parent and make sure that you're on the same page when it comes to pretty much everything, because uh, you you are a united front in this parenting journey. And so in order to navigate it successfully and be the best parents you can be for your children, I think it's really important to communicate and know kind of that you are looking at things from the same perspective. And, you know, undoubtedly, you both have your children's best interests at heart. And so it's really just about making sure that Mm -hmm. you are not only on the same page, but you're also taking care of each other because that's, you know, Mm -hmm. your children aren't in a place to take care of you. They need you to take care of them. And so you really do need that partner to keep an eye, not only on the kids with you, but also keep an eye on you. Like somebody that's looking out and making sure you're okay throughout the whole thing and making sure that you're getting the time you need Mm -hmm. if you need to step away for whatever reason, then that can keep, you know, take the wheel and keep driving that, that car uh, so that, you know, nothing goes off the rails, (laughs) but also, you know, that recognizing that we're all human beings and we need to sometimes decompress and and de-stress and step away from whatever it may be. And know that you'll be there to do the same thing for them when it's when it's your turn. So 
I think just Mm -hmm. keeping that bond strong and, and knowing that you have a partner that you can trust with your well-being as well as your children is a huge thing. That's awesome. I love that. So yeah, partner support yeah. is true. Yeah, Again, besides grandparents. The yeah, other literally, thing they say it takes a village, gets you but like, parenthood. <laughs> for that village because <laughs> we need it. It does. Yeah. Yeah, we really do. I know I, I, we're always like so lucky that we have that as well. And you guys are so lucky as well to have it. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I think that we can end it right there. That's the perfect, uh, the perfect advice to end um, this on. And This is going to wrap up another episode of The Running Wine Mom. I want to extend my deepest gratitude to Jordan for sharing his incredible journey of love, acceptance, and parenthood with us today. His story serves as a powerful reminder that family is built on love, connection, and the willingness to embrace unique paths to parenthood. Um, As always, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share with your friends, subscribe to The Running Wine Mom podcast, and leave a review. You can also follow along on Instagram at the running wine mom underscore. Thank you so much for joining me today. Remember, you are strong, you are capable, and you are all amazing. Until next time, keep running, keep sipping, and keep embracing the joy of parenthood. <laughs> Usually <laughs> I end on motherhood, but we got to say parenthood today. So thank, course, you, thank you, Jordan, much, for coming. Thank pleasure. you so much. This was awesome.